0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world. All on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to The Hash. I'm Zach Seward. That's Jensen Assey. She's highly muted. We have Wendy O up here and we have Will Foxley as well. We're going to get going and we are going to get you up to speed on the stories that caught our eye this morning in the world of crypto. I am leading off. I will take it away. We're going to talk about Voyager Digital, which is a big time crypto broker, also publicly traded in Canada. We're talking about the incremental update here that they've cut their daily withdrawal limit to $10,000 down from $25,000. But the big story here is that the ramifications of making a big old loan to Three Arrows Capital, they are rearing their ugly head. They saw their stock price tank about 60% yesterday in uh, stock market trading. And now there are serious concerns from people in the street as to whether or not they can survive this crisis. Pretty crazy to see. But now, again, we are seeing the ripple effects of Three Arrows Capital not being especially solvent at the moment. So I'm going to toss this straight to Will for his thoughts on the latest from Voyager. What's going on here, man? What's the deal? I think Jen's back, right? Jen, you there?
2: Am I back? Can you hear me?
1: Oh, yeah. Yay, there we go. Exciting. We got Jen back. Okay, everyone had like a little heart attack.
3: Welcome to the hash. <laughs> it was your Jen. shirt. Your
0: shirt is so cute. It said you have to be muted. It was, it was like, shirt.
3: it's too like, loud. To loud. The shirt. Your
0: voice is now muted. Bring it all I love it. It's, it's beautiful. I love your blouse. I had to say it.
3: It's better than the bookshelf background. You got to up your game. You got to get a staircase. Whoa, that's whoa, all I'm saying. Let's talk about know Voyager we Digital, though. Let's go back to the story.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> a little bit. I mean, that's what we do. Okay. Let's talk about Voyager Digital, which is experiencing a lot of liquidity issues and their stock is taking a pummeling because of that. They lost about $700 million to Three Arrows Capital. What seems to be Three Arrows Capital basically taking people's money let, high leverage trading it uh, on long tokens, and then burning and exploding. Uh, It seems Voyager was loaning out a lot of money to Three Arrows Capital, and now they are on the short end of the stick. Of course, a lot of firms came out on this basically unscathed or doing okay. So Galaxy Digital was one firm that was able to get out of it, it seems. BlockFi was also able to get out of it. There was a few other firms that had loaned a lot of money to Three Arrows Capital, and we were able to get out by seizing collateral that they had on the books from Three Arrows. But that was not the case for every firm, right? So we see with Voyager Digital, uh, they are stuck with nothing. And I know that Three Arrows Capital is trying to use some of the assets they still have on their books in order to uh, get themselves out of the situation, but it's tough, right? Because what you have with Three Arrows Capital is basically two types of assets, either VC investments that are illiquid and not going to be worth anything for quite a while, or tokens that plunged in price so dramatically and so quickly that your collateral didn't become worth much unless you, for some reason, wanted to have that Bitcoin. Most people want dollars, though. So pe- most people got the tokens, they got the assets off the books, and now Three years Capital is left with this VC e-liquid token or e-liquid holdings in future startups that could be worth something one day, but that's not enough to appease stockholders for Voyager Digital right now. Zach, throwing it back up to you.
1: Yeah, you're also starting to see some, you know, token lock schedules hitting crypto Twitter as to uh, 3AC's holdings. So it's going to be interesting to see if some of the tokens that they're holding see a dip in price when they become unlocked and are potentially sold to make up for some of these shortfalls elsewhere. So I mean, when we're talking about Voyager here, this is no small chunk of change, right? They lent 3AC over 15,000 Bitcoin and 350 million in USDC, right? So something like present value of at least 600 million dollars was lent to 3AC. Largely, I'd imagine on the reputation of three arrows capital being pretty sophisticated traders in the market. But I think what is being exposed now is that that's not necessarily the case. They're down bad. And these are some of the ripple effects that we're seeing play out across the industry. Uh, Voyager has long been uh, pretty well established on the scene. They're getting some help from Alameda Research, which is linked to Sam Bankman-Fried. So they are bringing on some loans, some additional investment from outside players who are looking to shore things up. But it's going to be really interesting to see If this is uh, a crisis of confidence from Voyager users who use the platform uh, as a brokerage and as a crypto exchange. But it's going to be crazy to see how they uh, write the ship here, if at all. Uh, Wendy, curious for your thoughts. going to throw it your way. What do you see in here when you see this Voyager story?
0: It's all bad to me. It's kind of scary because we put a lot of trust into these centralized platforms because let's face it, we use these brokers. We use these exchanges as a great way to onboard and buy Bitcoin or whatever crypto asset you want. And we've now seen the effects of maybe trusting parties who weren't necessarily trustworthy. And it kind of just goes to show, I mean, I like Voyager and I use Voyager. And it's just, it's kind of a sad thing to watch. And I think you're going to see a lot of distrust, especially from retail investors. My TikTok mentions are, Wendy, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And we've talked about you know, the importance of self-custody, like owning your own keys, like how to do this. And now my audience is very, very much interested in owning their own keys because they're starting to get a little bit nervous about keeping their capital on these exchanges. So I'm hoping that things get better. But at the same time, we need to know that they are going to probably be dumping on the open market when we do get these token unlocks, because they're going to have to pay some of their creditors back. I'm reading some of the, the rumors on the internet and, you know, supposedly there's you seeking legal help and whatnot. But I don't know if that's going to be enough to kind of sustain the market. And I think once we actually see them capitulate, that's when we'll see Bitcoin capitulate and we'll start to actually move sideways for the remainder of the bear market.
3: Sad stuff, sad stuff. (laughs) Talking about dumping, we can move over to Coinbase Pro, which Coinbase is dumping that platform. Nice little segue. I know, it was pretty good. So GDAX, as was formerly known, is Coinbase Pro and they're getting rid of Coinbase Pro in favor of a new trading desk. Uh, they're sunsetting the old platform why basically because they want customers to have the ability and knowledge of a lower fee trading desk that they already have integrated within the firm it's actually a pretty smart move from my perspective i did see some pushback on twitter yesterday people saying coinbase pro is a great product why would you sunset this this is another mistake that coinbase is making in a long list uh, over the last 6 months i actually totally disagree with this i think this makes makes sense coinbase is a simple product that most people are onboard to is expensive. The fees are really, really high. And there's Coinbase Pro, which is actually incredibly cheap. It's one of the best exchanges out there. Most people just don't know about it. And it's free to log into. It's free to use. It's just that they had two different products operating in two different ways. And now they're basically putting those two products together, which in my mind's eye is just them saying, Hey, we want to better our customer's experience. So a little round of applause to Coinbase on my end. I want to get Wendy's perspective on this though, as a trader, do you have any inklings or thoughts about why they did this? And then what's your perspective on them sunsetting Coinbase Pro?
0: So my current perspective on this is a very, very smart marketing tactic. And it's a smart business tactic. And the reason why is most people that are in crypto, especially the brand new folks, they're not traders. They're not traders in any way, shape or form. And I see this is because a lot of brand new people are on TikTok and I pay attention to my mentions. So what they're doing is, is they're consolidating, which is good. And it's making it less confusing for brand new people that are getting into the market. And Coinbase probably wants to capitalize on that market share because they're probably going to get a lot more revenue from that particular market share than they would from people that are actually trading. That's my personal opinion. I think it's smart. Unless they wanted to kind of target traders, which it seems like they don't want to target traders, they're probably making a lot more money from retail than they are the actual traders. And there's platforms that are kind of more well-versed for traders, in my opinion, that they're probably using. And maybe they saw a decrease in actual traders using that instead of you know, the other products they have. I will tell you, when I do trade, I'm not using Coinbase for trading. It's more of like flipping altcoins and having fast access on my phone. And they just want to capitalize on that market share, in my personal opinion, which I think is smart.
2: Wendy, I had questions for you, but you kind of just answered them. So this platform is very similar to Coinbase Pro. The only difference is there are lower fees and it's more accessible. And my question was, are they trying to kind of target a beginner trader, but that's not the case here is what I'm understanding.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I think that it's a smart business move in my, in my opinion. This is the thing. When, you're looking, when we first see people that are getting into crypto, they look at all these apps and they see a chart and it gets really scary because they're like, what the heck is this? And it's kind of a deterrent for brand new investors in some point, because you have to remember a lot of these people don't have TradFi education. They don't know too much about personal finance. They don't know about trading. The only thing that they know is, I buy a stock or I put money into my or my employer takes money out of my paycheck, puts it to a 401k, and then I get to retire on this. So they have the diamond hand strategy. They have, we want to, you know, get rich by buying and holding. That's that's the mindset. Most of my audience, they are buying altcoins, they're buying Bitcoin and they're hold, they plan to hold five or 10 years like it's an actual stock and they're not actually trading it. So again, I think Coinbase is what they're saying is they're seeing what's happening in the market and they want to kind of sustain and become the one-stop shop where people come in and purchase their first portion of a Bitcoin. Coinbase was also the first exchange that I used as a brand new investor to buy my crypto and Bitcoin. And I think that it's a smart move personally.
3: Yeah, I'll pick it up from there. I I definitely agree with you, Wendy. And I think Coinbase had a nice position last year. They went public, had a lot of money, they had a ton of revenue. They didn't really need to make a lot of changes to their products because everything was winning. And why change something that's winning? Well, now Mark, Conditions have changed. They had to lay people off. They had to uh, rescind offers to future employees. And now they're going to have to change their products a little bit to remain competitive. So Binance US also is a firm in the space in the US market that's trying to grow. And they just reduced trading fees to zero for a few different large pairs. And what does that tell you? Well, they want to get more people into the casino, if you will, or to the exchange. And Coinbase has to do the same thing. They're now going to have to compete against some other people out there. FTX is doing a similar play, just in a different product, right? They're trying to get equities, securities into their products for FTX US. So I think during the bear market, we're going to see more of this. We're going to see trading fees drop. We're going to see new products come on board. We're going to see all these US-based firms become more scrappy and fight for the competitive edge. Give it to you, Zach, but saw Wendy's hand also go up.
1: Yeah, this is that fee compression that we've been hearing from Wall Street analysts this whole time, right? When they looked at the fundamentals of of a Coinbase, they'd say, okay, well, this is great. But just similarly to how online brokerages also saw compressed fees as more people entered the market, those big, fat, juicy fees that Coinbase is bringing in on these trades, they're also going to shrink, right? So I think we're seeing that with this Binance US development and we're seeing Coinbase sort of respond accordingly. I think Coinbase Pro is really great. It was kind of like the best kept secret in crypto, right? The pro part of it was a bit of a misnomer. Any old schmo could really use it, but you had to know it was a separate thing that operated a bit differently. So the fact that they're bringing it under the same tent does make a lot of sense. But I can imagine a lot of people who felt like Coinbase Pro was a really great product. I can imagine them being angry that it's now being folded into the existing offering from the main Coinbase app. But hey, we'll see how it plays out.
2: There's some just of those people s- in the YouTube comments right now saying like, why did Quite they get sign. rid of Coinbase
1: Pro? I mean, it was a great, yeah, it was hot a hot great app. It made you feel like you were a prosumer, but really you didn't have to be, you didn't have to like show your pro crypto card. There was no such thing. So you could use it. You had lower fees and it was uh, a positive experience for a lot of folks. So I think probably that initial reaction of like, oh, why are you getting rid of this thing that's really cool and that I like and moving it over to the regular app? That sucks. I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit misguided,
0: I feel like that they want to capitalize on Robinhood's success because a lot of people that, especially what I'm noticing from TikTok, and I bring up TikTok a lot because that is where retail is. It's over on TikTok, it's not on Twitter. And they just want to kind of capitalize on the success that Robinhood had because Robinhood is very easy. It's not scary. They don't have the candlesticks. They don't have all the crazy indicators. And they just really want to get that market share, in my personal
1: opinion. Yep. And you know what? You can have the optionality here. You want the advanced, you want the regular, you want the basic. All for you to choose over there Everyone's in the main welcome. Coinbase thing. All right.
2: So, when we're going to talk about Gucci, they've invested in the DAO of NFT Marketplace Super Rare so they can start a digital art vault. The high end luxury brand has acquired rare tokens to the tune of $25,000 in the partnership that will see them exhibit NFT art by 29 artists. So, the exhibition is going to feature pieces that kind of celebrate. Gucci's heritage and future. Super Rare co-founder Jonathan Perkins said, the vault is Gucci's digital space. Now, we are going to hear him tell us more about rare tokens.
3: And so being an art platform, you know, a lot of power in the art market is in curation. So the rare token, we call it a curation token. And by joining there, you know, helping build the future of the platform, helping uh, kind of curate the community.
2: Okay, now before we get into this, I have to disclose I work for a lab that is in a DAO ecosystem. It is all very interesting. But Wendy, I'm going to pass it up to you. What do you think of this move by Gucci? They really seem to be at the forefront of luxury brands experimenting with crypto. You know, we don't really know what's going to happen with brands and Web3 and NFTs and DAOs, but they really seem to be kind of welcoming this new technology with open hands.
0: I think it's absolutely amazing. And I also think that the NFT space that we know from 2022 and prior is going to evolve into such a revolutionizing thing. Like, I'm very, very excited for NFTs and underlying technology. And I think as a major leading fashion brand, this is a very smart move to get into Web3 and NFTs. I was at an event last night with a bunch of traditional influencers. And that's kind of what everybody was talking about is how to kind of merge their brand over to Web3 and NFTs. So we're going to see a lot more big companies do this. It's a good marketing tactic. And realistically, spending $25,000 to have this exhibit, that's not really a whole lot of money, in my personal opinion. Zach, you want to chime in?
1: I just wanted to riff on that. It's super smart. I mean, uh, everybody loves it when the prices are high and like, oh, wow, I need my metaverse strategy. Like what's my NFT strategy? But it's the folks who get in now where the cost basis is lower. That's the smart stuff. So shout out. I don't know if the timing was intentional or if it just takes a while to get things over the finish line over at the house of Gucci, but timing was nice on this one because you start at that lower floor and that investment could look handsome should web three fashion actually become a thing.
2: I'm curious what you guys think about brands getting involved in DAO governance. So them purchasing all of these tokens are going to allow them to participate in the governance of a DAO, right? And if more, brands start doing this, are we replicating the same issues we have in the traditional world where the big brands with all the money are the ones making the decisions when it comes to our NFTs and our metaverse, which we want to be open and for the people.
1: I'll take a, I'll take a stab at this. I mean, DAO governance right now is pretty plutocratic, first of all, but it's plutocratic among, you know, VCs and other people with large bags, right? But I think the beauty of this is that Gucci enters this arrangement on equal footing to some of the early supporters of this DAO, right? They are merely a voting member among other voting members who have potentially as large or larger stakes, uh, when it comes to tokens in terms of dictating the future of this project. So I think that actually is novel and cool, right? that these giant companies can enter at roughly the same footing as some of the true believers and the early folks who were in on this project when it first started. It's going to be interesting to see if people sort of, you know, follow the loudest voice or follow the most prominent brands. But what this this does, it it gives an opportunity for dissent to be voiced through other token holders in that community who have been there prior to Gucci showing up and making it a big deal. So I think that's interesting. I think it really changes the dynamic rather than just, uh, you know, stacking the cards in favor of the biggest brand. But who knows? It could not play out that way. Will, I saw your hand. Yeah, I've been holding my tongue for too long.
3: $25,000? This is bear market territory. Look at that. Come on. Like we've seen 000, 000, 000 checks, <laughs> like, a session, sir, million recession. dollar checks. Multiple million dollar checks for NFTs. Yeah, and you guys are like cheerleading for $25,000? Come on. Well, like, you guys don't believe
1: that. You know you don't. We should pool 25k <laughs> like, and we my, could like boss Gucci around in this DAO. Should we do that? Let's, do it. Let's, Let's get like,
2: 30k do it. together. Let's go.
1: We've talked about <laughs> million dollar
3: deals, like multiple million dollar deals for NFTs. And this if, this, if we're in a bear market, this headline will tell you that we're in a bear market. Like anything's going to show you it. This headline, because Gucci has more money and they're just dropping like a measly 25k <laughs> for some tokens. Like I'm we're sure. in for a rough time. We're in for a rough time. I'm that's sure. all I say. Wendy, any thoughts on that?
0: <laughs> it's, it's a recession man come on there we go
3: it's
0: a recession. not only is it a crypto bear market it's a recession and i think what they did is is like when you work with these types of brands they have contracts they they have actual real legal and real contracts and we don't see a lot of that professionalism in the crypto industry and because i've done consulting for different people in the past and i can't disclose because under nda and these things take so long. Like when you're working with traditional entertainment or traditional fashion or whatever, they take months and months and months and they move so slow that by the time they're actually able to announce, what happened was they probably had this deal brokered for months and then the market changed and it probably went from like a million dollars to 25,000. I guarantee you that's probably what happened. But Jen, go ahead.
2: I think the article said this has been in the works since January. I could be wrong, but I think it said that but well, to to your point, I'm sure there are some Gucci bags that are worth more than twenty five thousand dollars. So it is exactly. kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Thank you.
2: Thank you. I mean, look at Richard Hart's profile. Like, look at his Twitter
0: page. He's wearing all that.
3: I try to stay away from that whatever. part of Twitter. Gucci belts. It's just my Gucci take. glasses. The Gucci jumpsuit. I can't. I can't. I can't. One day we're going to get on. you a know, full
2: Gucci jumpsuit.
3: I mean, if you guys send it to me, I'll wear it for the show. But <laughs> that's a that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. We're in a bear market now, we'll so I don't that see approved. that happening. Control, control. Where, where's my Gucci suit? Okay, let's take this away. Let's talk about another cringy person. Let's get Ronaldo on the scene. Let's talk about some, some soccer, some football.
2: Did you just call yeah, Ronaldo cringy? Yeah, a little bit. Oh my, okay. this is Zach's
3: story, though. This is, is... It my story. No, this is my story. No.
0: Wendy's oh, it's story. Wendy's.
1: Wendy's story. Oh, Wendy's. Can Wendy. Can takes away? The sports desk. Can Do I talk
0: it. about Mr. Ronaldo now, guys? Don't hate it <laughs> Don't hate on Zach again. <laughs> Finance tweeted earlier today. Finance shaking hands, Cristiano, and I hope I didn't butcher his name. I'm so sorry, Mr. Ronaldo, sir. Um, we're kicking off an exclusive multi-year NFT partnership with football legend Cristiano Ronaldo. This is your opportunity to own an iconic piece of sports history and join CR7's Web3 community. I I absolutely love this. I think this story is is absolutely amazing, and it just makes me really really excited for the future of nfts and i also believe that this sports athlete he's got 459 million followers on instagram and i think it was a smart move
1: i'll take it i'll this take is it just so oh. this is just another just nft drop tm now. this is just another <laughs> nft drop everybody's there gotta go. get an nft drop <laughs> I don't know. It's a,
0: thir- it's a Thursday, okay? I haven't had my
1: second cup. <laughs> Wait, I. we need to I look in the receipt. We-, we need to
3: look in the receipts. Which giant crypto CEO was thrashing other exchanges not three weeks ago for signing giant sports deals? Yeah.
1: CZ from Binance. I think it was CZ. Yeah, does, that does was it. He turns around and good. does this. Will, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. bringing the receipts. He was out there saying, hey, we're hiring because we didn't hire big fancy spokespeople and we didn't put our name on arenas. And now here he is. <laughs> That sexy, sexy Ronaldo man doing an NFT drop. Damn, that was a good mm-hmm. one, Will. I'm gonna give that to you. I'm we give see that to you, Cuzi. We're watching you, you and well, your billions. Will knows you. Will wrecked knows. Me,
2: I was gonna say that. <laughs> I, said now
3: the sure I said it better. You get all the praise.
2: I thought this was hilarious when I read it. I was like, oh my gosh, they they were the ones who came out and said we didn't spend any money on these big sports sponsorships. We're hiring. We're not wasting money. And now it's a bear market, and here's Cristiano Ronaldo. I wouldn't be surprised, though, to Wendy's point earlier, if this deal was inked a long time ago and there could potentially be more sports partnerships coming down the pipeline that might put them in a little bit of a financial situation should the market continue to remain as it is now. So it will be interesting, I think, to see what happens with this.
1: It's also interesting. We haven't heard a lot about Binance's NFT marketplace. We heard about sort of the uh, the tepid uh, adoption numbers of the Coinbase NFT marketplace, but to date, there hasn't been a ton of noise around Binance NFT. It's something to consult in terms of how much volume they're doing. I'm not exactly aware of it, but we've seen a lot of really interesting NFT marketplace developments just in the last week, right? We saw uh, Uniswap Labs acquire an NFT aggregator by the name of Genie, which is really interesting, bringing the possibility of NFT trading to the leading. Decentralized exchange is really quite quite notable. We saw eBay make a purchase of known origin also getting into the NFT space a bit more seriously. So now for this to come out, it's really interesting to see that again, despite the carnage in the markets, the uh, NFT marketplace game seems to be fairly active. I don't know really what to make of that or if this is going to move the needle substantively for the Binance NFT marketplace. But it is interesting that some momentum does appear to be around that, especially. With NFT NYC, because Jen, you're there, right? Are you there, Jen? Are you I'm there? I'm
2: there. I'm here. I'm there. there everywhere. Oh What's interesting is a lot of people are talking, not so much about digital art and sports NFTs anymore. Like the conversations are happening, but everyone's really focused on the utility moving forward and this like NFT kind of DeFi combo situation that that we're seeing. And so it's interesting to see like the Gucci story, the Ronaldo story, these stories are still happening, but the conversations are really happening about like the larger NFT ecosystem. And so my thoughts are like over the next few years, I wonder, I think we might see like a lot of these marketplaces and a lot of these projects kind of fall by the wayside as we start to build out like the foundation for what NFTs are really going to do in the future. I don't know if I just said a lot of words and and really said nothing at all. But I see Will nodding, so...
3: (laughs) I was digging it. I was digging it. I want to pull it back just to the sports NFT thing. I've been consistent in two NFT takes. One, that I don't think they have any value and I've been very wrong because the market has said otherwise. So I am having fun staying poor. And two, that sports NFTs are actually kind of cool. So maybe NFTs do have value. I like these sports NFTs because it's like, hey, I want to go to a game. I want to do something with the team. I want to interact with them somehow. And now I can because there's this NFT on my phone of Cristiano Ronaldo making a goal or whatever he's going to do. I'm not a soccer guy. Apologies. But I do think there is like some sort of runway for these projects. So if you're going to bet on an NFT marketplace, make it a sports one. I don't like the Gucci ones. (laughs) Obviously, the market doesn't like it either because $25,000 is pathetic. Zach, good enough to you
0: fashion is kind of important and we see a lot of people spending a lot of money on fashion so i think it's safe have to say that
3: doesn't think
2: fashion's important
0: <laughs> well
3: <laughs> I'm he can be wrong <laughs> about
0: this no fashion music entertainment nfts are going to be big i'm telling you i'm really really telling you guys this is a very smart strategic move by cz he literally woke up and said have fun staying poor everybody else we did really well in the bull market we manage our funds properly. Not only are we going to continue to hire, but we are going to sponsor this massive athlete. I want to say he's probably the most popular athlete in the world. I don't even watch soccer, but I know who he is. I know that he's a soccer person guy. People love him, obsessed with him. I think it's a really smart move. And I think that the NFT bear market that we are going to see, it's going to be very different because they're going to see a lot more work being done by these nft platforms these nft projects that want to stick around we're going to see a lot more professionalism be brought into the entire crypto and web 3 industry i'm with pharrell's
1: the brand lead of doodles we got pharrell in here we got shopify doing token gated community stuff it's wild man crypto it's wild in here all right anyway that's the show for today thanks for being with us on the hash i'm zach wendy jen that's will down there it's probably like a Balenciaga T-shirt, so don't don't be fooled, people. Yeah, this that, is that, like that, a how much, uh, how much was that T-shirt? Rare. How much that how much was that white T-shirt? Three like for uh, 50 rare tokens. Let's see the tag, twenty-five. See the tag. Let's see the tag. Anyway, all right, good times. That's it for today. Thanks for bearing with us on Friday light. We'll be back tomorrow for Friday proper. It'll be good times too. All right, check us out on the podcast network if you haven't already, and we're hope you having a good day. That's it for the show. I'm gonna talk for about five more seconds, and then I'm gonna wave goodbye